Hello, my friends. Uh, it is Monday, June the 29th. Uh, Joe Zank with another Cup of Joe podcast. I uh, thank you for being present once again uh, and uh, being able to be together and listen to the Word of God. I hope that uh, you had a good weekend. If you are around where we are, it is terribly and wonderfully hot. I, I use both of those because it is humid and we're supposed to have rain later today and it has just been so hot. But you know what? Praise God for that because we have winter six months of the year here. So there's no complaint on the, the heat uh, where I am. So uh, again, wherever you are, I wish you every blessing and joy. I hope you are well, truly well. Uh, and, uh, and again, just feeling God's nearness and love to you today. We have a feast day today, a wonderful feast day, a solemnity uh, in the church today. Uh, every June 29th, the Feast of Saints Peter and Paul. Uh, and um, particular love for Saints Peter and Paul uh, because it's one of my parishes uh, at which I serve. And uh, it is their feast day today. And so uh, let's take a look at these wonderful and very different men uh, in our reflection today. But let's, let's hear the word of God, a very famous one. Matthew 16. So we're jumping out of uh, our order last. We were just beginning the eighth chapter of Matthew. I'm sure we'll get back, th- back to that tomorrow. But we are going to jump to a very famous passage, particularly dealing with Peter. Uh, Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 19. Let's hear the word of God. A reading from the gospel according to Matthew When Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said in reply, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said to him in reply, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly Father. So I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, brothers and sisters, that is so good. Um, And so since we just heard of Peter, let's talk about Peter. Uh, And this may be the high point. um, It's certainly what they call the hinge in Mark's Gospel. It's uh, uh, the everything changes. Uh, It's in Mark chapter 8 when this story is revealed. Uh, a little bit later in Matthew's gospel, Matthew has 28 chapters, and this is so this is a little bit more than halfway through, whereas Mark only does have the, the shorter uh, amount of, of chapters. And so it is more in the middle, and, and it, but it changes the tenor. But this is Peter's great proclamation, and it's his greatest point, um, where in the midst of all this, Jesus is talking to his friends and saying, who, you know, who do people say that I am? That's a dangerous question. Uh, I don't know that you and I want to ask people that question, not just about Jesus. I mean, I mean about us, you know, because 
people are much more willing to tell those around us who we are than, than they are to tell us. And frankly, it's a lot easier to live in illusion. So hats off to Jesus for his courage here. And the, the disciples hide behind the, the selling points. They hide behind the, the funny stuff. Oh, well, some people say you're John the Baptist. Come back. Some Elijah, maybe even Jeremiah. Aren't they silly? But then when Jesus turns it on them and says, okay, let's stop talking about them. What do you say? It's almost like you can, you, the silence just screams volumes, isn't it? You could see their faces go sullen. But Peter, to his credit, steps forward. He, he finds his voice. <laughs> oh, I was just going to have to call my dogs back, but uh, then I saw my wife. She's out there with them, so sorry. Peter finds his voice in this critical moment. And he says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. He isn't afraid to step forward in fact, to Peter's credit, in almost all of the Gospels, in almost all those inclinations in the Gospels, Peter is a man of courage. He is not afraid to step forward and say what he means. Now, we see the opposite of that when he denies Jesus. And uh, even when Peter is wrong, okay, denial aside, I, I think it's it's we do well to at least honor the courage behind it, even if the ignorance is what we may remember. Here is not a moment of ignorance. Here's a moment of insight. Here's a moment of prayer. Here's a moment of clarity where he says, this is who we are. Now, this may be Peter's high moment, and one could argue the denial is his, is his greatest uh, or is his worst moment. But if that's one, then 1A is, is if this gospel would have gone like three more verses where Peter takes Jesus aside right after he says, this is who you are. And he says, Jesus, you can't go into Jerusalem because Jesus explains, um, uh, you know, hey, this is, this is what we got to do. I got to go into Jerusalem and son of man will be killed. And Peter says, no, that's not the way. Uh, we got to avoid that. And when Jesus looks at him and says, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block. You think not as God does, but as humans do. And so again, I, I look at Peter and I see every man. I see, and, and, and that deserves our honor, I think, brothers and sisters, because it's you and me. At our better moments, we are Peter and we proclaim, Jesus, you are the Savior. Uh, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. I know that. And I will follow you even to death, what he says at the Last Supper. Uh, and that at his lesser moments, you and I are that too, where we want to control God and say, okay, God, I don't want you going in that direction, inviting us there. I, I want you going here. And that's where he says, get behind me. Who's leading who here? We don't lead God. God leads us. And, uh, and you're a stumbling block to me because we're that to God too. We don't lead God, brothers and sisters. And just as at the Last Supper, Peter says, I'm willing to die for you. I believe Peter meant that fully. I, he, had a, he had a passionate heart and, and we need to credit him for that. But he also had a, a cowardly one on the other side of that, this man of courage. Um, you know, and again, it, Peter is so good and, and so, I mean, it, it, when he says to Jesus, how many times um, should we forgive somebody? Should we forgive them seven times? 
You know, that's magnanimous. In, in the culture of the day, maybe you forgive once, but, but the second time, forget it. Fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice. Or, you know, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. That idea. But Peter says, no, Lord, should we be forgiven him seven times? It's like, look at that. I'm willing to extend to that. And Jesus says, no, you're not even going nearly far enough. In the kingdom, there's no end to forgiveness. There's no end. So as magnanimous as your seven is, it's not nearly what it is. But Peter, to his credit, was willing to be open to change. I mean, he knew who he was. I mean, I think of that time Peter went up to Jesus after they caught the big catch out on the Sea of Galilee, and he realizes who's in his boat. You know, because up to that point, he thought, this guy's either a charlatan or I have no use for him. But once he realizes, and he knows who he is, he, he, he falls to the feet of Jesus and he says, Lord, uh, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. I know who you are. You are Lord. I know what you bring to this. You are, you are, are uh, he may not have called him the Christ at that point yet, but you are of God and I am not. I am of sin. And the difference is, is a chasm. And, and Jesus in his wonderful love doesn't even say, well, you know, you're, you're, you're wrong. You're fine. He just simply says, follow me. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna decrease that chasm so we can get across it. Follow me and I'll make you fishermen. Don't worry, I'll work on that difference. You just follow me. Peter was anything but perfect. Anything but perfect. But he had the sense to follow. And you know what we, we need to credit for him? Not only in his humility, not only in his courage, but in his ability to change his mind when he's wrong. In Acts of the Apostles, chapter 10, when he is invited into Cornelius' house and he has the vision, and the vision comes down, you know, the unclean foods, unclean foods, unclean foods, three times come down in this vision. And God says, eat. And he says, I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to eat. But finally he does. He understands what this means because then he wakes up. Somebody's at the door who's unclean and wants to know the gospel. And he realizes, I've been wrong. I've been wrong. Even somebody who I deem unclean gets to know the gospel. And when he was wrong, he had the ability to change. In our world today, brothers and sisters, that might be the most needed virtue we have. When we are wrong, and we all are, we have the ability to change. Gosh, I talked more about Peter, and I want to talk about Paul, and, and I won't talk as long, but Paul deserves every bit as much. In, in fact, I, I am a lover of Paul. Um, every bit as much as Peter, if not more. Uh, you talk about somebody who had the ability to change. Oh, he was the Pharisee's Pharisee. Remember that. He was the one who they were dropping their cloaks at his feet when they stoned Stephen. So the persecution of the early church was under his tutelage. It was under his dominion. He was the one who said, we need to root these out. And so at a minimum, he was a torturer and an, a person imprisoning others. At a maximum, he was a murderer. Allow that to sink in. That is what organized religion led him to. In the name of religion, in being the holiest Pharisee of all of them who followed the law, it led him to torturing and imprison and ultimately murdering. Wow. But yet, when he met Christ on the road to Damascus, when scales covered his eyes 
And Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Now remember, Saul had never met Jesus. He never persecuted Jesus, ever. He couldn't. He didn't know him. Jesus had ascended to the Father long before this. But Jesus still says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he connects the church with his body. Because when we persecute the church, we persecute Christ. And, and Saul has the, the gumption to say, who are you? That, that, you know, uh, and he says, I am Christ whom you are persecuting. Go into the city and somebody there will will come to you and so Saul has the gumption the, the tenacity the 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 trust the humility to follow the instructions this is the guy he's been persecuting and he says maybe I shouldn't be he went through a massive change massive and he spent three days in that with eyes fasting, praying with his eyes, uh, with scales over them until Ananias, bless him in his courage, comes to him uh, and, and lays hands on him and prays with him and the scales, the scales drop. And what does Paul do? Does he go back to the people? Does he go right to the church? What he does is he goes to Galatia and spends an unknown amount of time there, some say up to three years uh, in, in the desert, trying to figure out, I don't know what this means, but when he comes back, nobody, and I will include Peter in that and James the, the greater who's in charge of the church in Jerusalem, I, I, nobody was more on fire for him. What he went through on behalf of the church, his three missions, and how many times he got stoned and, and dragged out of the, of, of the city and, and beaten and left for dead and shipwrecked and everything on behalf of Christ. To die is Christ, to live, to live is Christ, to die is gain. You know, all these things. I don't know whether I want to stay here and preach to you or whether I want to go to the kingdom. Both are so good to me. He was the one who entered and let the Gentiles in. And by that time, Peter had forgotten his vision again, bless him. He had forgotten that the unclean in chapter 10 uh, were let in. And chapter 15, we have the Council of Jerusalem. And in Galatians, Paul says very clearly, I had to confront Peter to his face. And, and nail him because he had forgotten the Gentiles are part or an heir uh, to uh, the, the salvation of God. Paul emphasized grace down the line. Peter did not do that. Peter uh, emphasizes the importance of works. And therefore, brothers and sisters, it is so incredibly important that these two apostles, these two incredible saints are together because it is all grace and works. If we just sit in the grace of God and we do nothing, we're fooling ourselves. We are like the son who, who the father says, go out to the fields. And he says, absolutely. But he sits on his butt and he won't do anything. But if all we have is works, we, we fool ourselves as well. If we don't understand that we cannot work our way to heaven, that is a heresy within the Catholic Church. It is all, we participate in the grace of God. It is first and foremost grace. Paul is right. It is grace that saves us and not our own actions, lest we boast. Paul is spot on. But that grace, brothers and sisters, leads us to say yes to the dance, to participate in it so those works may be done because Peter is right too. They both carry half the truth and together they carry the fullness. <laughs> I could talk forever more. These guys are so good and I'm so glad we are honoring them today.
Let's pray. We are starting the Sorrowful Mysteries uh, this week, brothers and sisters. Let's take a moment of quiet until we can uh, come up with an intention for which to pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. The first sorrowful mystery, the agony in the garden. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Uh, brothers and sisters, one final thing before we end, and I, I want your opinion on this if you are still with me here. Renee had an idea before I came out today, and she, she said, Joe, um, I always download my podcast, podcast at the beginning of every day, and so... If I'm putting them out, usually in the afternoon, which is what I do, she doesn't get it until the next day. Would it be helpful if I changed up my schedule and I did tomorrow's readings today and I put them out, you know, in the afternoon or evening of the day before and so they were ready for you in the morning that day so you could listen to them? Would that be helpful to you? If it is... I just need to know that because then I would need to change my schedule and how I put them out. Uh, so any opinions on that, I would welcome one way or the other. Uh, either way, blessings to you. Uh, God bless you. God love you. And I look forward to us being back together tomorrow. Bye-bye.